Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Sarah Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Heather Manis, also known as Nurse Heather. Welcome, Heather. Hello, Kira. It's so good to be here with you today. Heather Manis RN is a registered nurse specializing in all aspects of medical cannabis care. Nurse Heather began her career as a registered nurse providing psychiatric health care to patients in New Mexico. She has an extensive background and experience in natural healing modalities and herbal remedies, some of which she obtained from her close association with Hispanic and Native American healers in New Mexico. Her vast knowledge and holistic approach to individualized patient care has been the cornerstone of her success as a nurse, educator, entrepreneur, and promoter of health. She is also the founding member at Cannabis Nurse Network. I am so excited to have you as a guest today, Heather. We have never had a chance to talk just one-on-one, so I'm really looking forward to this time to get to know you better. Uh, Well, thank you so much for inviting me on your show, and uh, I've wanted to have some one-on-one time with you as well, so I'm looking forward to this. (laughs) Nurse Heather, your bio doesn't even begin to cover your incredible contribution to the cannabis industry. I mean, you're an activist, you're an entrepreneur, you are a medical professional, Will you please share with us your in-depth story of how you actually came to be a cannabis nurse and how you became a pioneer in the cannabis industry? Oh, wow. Born and raised in New Mexico and the, the rich culture of that area gave me an opportunity to be trained and guided and mentored and just basically loved and raised up by a community of healers. And as As that transpired over time, I realized that, um, you know, I had been taught traditional ways of herbalism, uh, medicine making and and other things. But I had an experience within the medical community where I, as a patient myself, was treated in a way that just kind of opened my eyes to how screwed up the healthcare system was. And and I thought, you know, I have all this knowledge and, and I can go to school and I can become part of their world and see if I can help them in that way. And so I've always kind of been, and I hate the word disruptor, but I've always just kind of been where I was because I was trying to advance a, a thought or an idea or, or a mindset. And, um, So I did. I went to nursing school and I was very successful as a nurse because I was able to utilize the methodology that I had been trained in the traditional way. And I could utilize also my medical knowledge. And so I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed being a nurse and helping people. But um, in 2007, New Mexico passed their medical marijuana program, their medical cannabis patient program. And I had patients at that time. I was a home health psychiatric nurse, which was super fun. But I had patients that were using cannabis. It was, you know, what we would call brick brick weed or, you know, dirt weed or whatever. 
bags of swag. And so I would see these bags of swag on the, the tables of my patients. And I, and I told them, I said, you know, you really have conditions that qualify. Um, I kept copies of the application that I printed off of the New Mexico Department of Health website. I kept them in my nursing bag and I pull them out and say, hey, look, if you're already using cannabis, you might as well get legal and protect yourself and also become part of the program so you can access better cannabis. And that was sort of how that piece of it got started. Um, the next question for my patients, however, became, Nurse Heather, where do I get this good herb that you were talking about? And so that kind of set me on the hunt of like, well, how does this program work? And at the time I had been asked if I would um, join a group that was getting a license. And so in 2009, we were awarded a license and I did that strictly out of need for my patients. They needed good cannabis and I now had a way to assist them with that. And so even as that got going at the time in New Mexico, it was brand new. And the only thing available to patients was whole flour. I've got patients on oxygen. I have patients that can't be smoking cannabis around their children. Um, what, where are the products? How do we do that? And they said, you know, Heather, it's really wide open and we haven't thought that far ahead. You're going to have to figure it out. And I love a great challenge, right? So I said, cool. And I figured it out and I got the first license in the state of New Mexico to manufacture smokeless alternatives for my patients. And that was a blessing because now I had a chance to merge my traditional herbalism, my medicine making, my love for nature and sharing healing with the community. I now had cannabis as um, a, an ingredient in my toolkit. And so that was a lot of fun. And I did that for several years and I was titled officially was like the medical director for the, the nonprofit producer there in New Mexico. But I did everything. It was so fun. I had hands on with the cultivation choices of, of you know, strain choices, uh, helping to cultivate. I was in there trim, trim, trimming. I was able to deliver the medicine to patients because at the time we didn't have standalone dispensaries. You actually had to home deliver. And so I got this very robust experience in what it meant to be part of the cannabis industry. And so um, that was that was fun. And as we moved along and, and we did get the dispensaries that were on site, that was a whole nother learning experience. So I've never really thought of New Mexico as a player in the industry. But this morning I read that they have approved medical marijuana for inmates. Patients in New Mexico can actually be parolees. And I had patients that were parolees. When I got to Arizona, uh, I realized that, you know, parolees couldn't use cannabis. Uh, the other thing, you know, that I didn't know was a big deal until later was in, in New Mexico, we were the first state to actually include post-traumatic stress disorder as a qualifying condition for medical cannabis. And New Mexico was kind of like the state that just did that. So when I came into it, I was a psych nurse. And so I worked with a lot of veterans and domestic violence survivors and, you know, a lot of folks that were, that had those traumatic, you know, issues. And so when I got to Arizona, again, they didn't have 
post-traumatic stress disorder as a qualifying condition for their patients. And I thought, this is such crap. You know, somebody who goes to war and they go home to New Mexico can access this plant. But if you go home to Arizona, you don't have access. And so that's really where um, I started to hit hard on the advocacy piece. And um, I, I established the Arizona Cannabis Nurses Association, and we fought in court for several years to have uh, post-traumatic stress added as a qualifying condition for medical cannabis in the state of Arizona. And, and we proved it in a court of law. I mean, it was a precedent-setting case because we were able to prove to a reasonable degree of scientific certainty in a court of law that cannabis is safe and effective for the palliative and their and and uh, symptoms of post traumatic stress disorder. So I, I was very proud of that action in in uh, advocacy, and uh, I did it out of pure love. I actually suffer from post traumatic stress, so it was something that was not only dear near and dear to my heart personally, but also for the patients that I work with. Wow, that is. I love to hear stories of advocacy that have actually made a difference because it reminds us that one person can make a big difference. It's it's true. You know, today is uh, January 6th. It appears that we will be taking, the Democrats will be taking the Senate and this is going to mean big changes for cannabis. And as someone who has been an advocate, who has been worked in multiple States and been in the industry for quite a while, what do you see as the most exciting thing about the fact that we may be moving closer to legalization and the most concerning thing? And, and I'd like to hear how that ties into what you believe that doctors and nurses who are advocates in the cannabis industry, what do they need to do now to advance cannabis as a legitimate solution for ailments and illnesses? Well, the first thing that we need to do is get the MORE Act passed and remove cannabis from scheduling completely. It needs to be descheduled, removed completely. Now, if the medical world wants to uh, mess around with synthetic or cannabinoid, you know, medicines that are pharmacology type medicines, pharmaceuticals, then they need to do that and have the scheduling appropriate for those, um, you know, products. So see them as entirely different than cannabis as opposed to trying to conflate them into one category. Yes. And so what we've already seen is that hemp, which is cannabis with less than, you know, 0.3% THC, that's considered by definition hemp. Hemp has an easier pathway and we can kind of look to see what is the hemp industry doing. And, and that's what the cannabis industry should be able to do as well. So at some point, Uh, And this may be rather futuristic down the line, but a lot of these very strict regulations state by state um, will start to open up a little bit. Now, from a medical standpoint, you know, I hate to say it, but the ship has already left the dock. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's already gone. Um, The the work that I'm doing with the Cannabis Nurses Network is really an effort to educate nurses about the endocannabinoid system and cannabinoid therapeutics. And I've been talking about this until I'm blue in the face, but medicine is in a space right now after COVID where it is apparent that there is a pretty major breakdown of 
healthcare in general. And so they're ready for a revolution. And I do believe that with the emergence of a lot of plant medicines that are starting to come about, that we will begin to take different approaches in medicine. Um, the, the issue is, and always has been, that um, the cannabis movement has been a patient's movement. It's patients, re, you know, really demanding their freedom and their respect of their freedom of choice. Has the adult use movement, have, you know, the legalization of adult use in multiple states, has that been beneficial to the medical movement or detrimental? Oh, I think it's great. Um, you know, if your business model is that of surrounding about having, you know, writing um, certifications or recommendations to the program, yes, your business model is going to suffer once adult use becomes. Uh, nurse Marcy is a hospice nurse. And for her patients, when cannabis went legal in Colorado, it was a game changer because when you have a patient that may have hours, days, weeks to live, they don't have time to screw around with going to find a pot doc to get a recommendation and wait for the card and all this shit. They need to be able to, you know, have a nurse, tell their family member, go down to the dispensary, grab this, that, and the other, and bring it home and administer it to your patient or to your loved one in their last hours. And, and so what she said, it got to the point where she didn't even have to tell them what it was, was that she would walk in and they would have a bottle of tincture or some gummies already on the dresser. And then she had opportunities to educate um, her patients and their caregivers on the endocannabinoid system and why those products that they were choosing to get were beneficial. So it really just opened it up for a whole demographic of patients that a lot of times gets, um, you know, forgotten about because their time is short and limited. What role do you see women having in the future of cannabis medicine? Uh, that's an interesting question. You know, I, the women have always been here, you know, I mean, that's one of the things when the whole um, women in cannabis movement started several years ago and women were starting to get attention around them. It was kind of interesting to me because it was like, we've always been here, but now there's a more push to say, come on, women, get into this industry. I believe that women are compassionate. And I do believe that women have female energy that can be, that can resonate and make a real difference when it comes to the cash grab of the cannabis industry. I believe that having strong women who are smart and thoughtful as part of the discussion, um, who own tables of which people's chairs sit around, I think that that's really important in this industry because when you think about it, it is female plant that provides the medicine. And so having that femininity continue through as the industry becomes more masculine and uh, corporate in its approaches, I think it's just nice to, to keep women at the forefront of what is going on because we are thought leaders and, and we do have good ideas that need to be taken into account and I've had experiences in this industry in lots of different ways working with men. Um, and some of the hardest ones were where I felt that my voice wasn't being heard. And the louder I got, 
the less I was being heard. And so frustration for me was they're not listening because they don't value me or my concepts or ideas. And it's very interesting that those specific projects are projects that fell away because I am intuitive. And when I smell or sniff or feel or sense that something is off, those inspirations only come when something is off. I keep it very simple. If it's if it's good, if it feels good, it's good. If it feels funky, it's funky. And it's very simple for me in life. <laughs> and, and when you're saying, hey, some of these approaches you're taking, um, I have seen that not work in the past and you're not being listened to, um, it, it becomes very difficult. So I would encourage men in the industry to please check yourselves and take a moment to listen to the sisters that have some things to say because our voices are valid. And to women who don't feel that your voice is being heard, say your piece and do your thing. (laughs) I do. I do. It can be so hard to trust that sometimes when the thing in front of you is something that you may really want. You know, it takes a lifetime of of really understanding yourself to say, you know, it feels not great, even though it's something that I want. And I've learned the lesson to, if it doesn't feel good, let it go. And even if it's, I'm not sure if it does feel good to go in that direction. So it's definitely um, something that takes cultivation in oneself to have that sensibility. So, well, along those lines, how do we as an industry expand and embrace new people? who want to contribute to the cause, but also stay connected to the OGs and the indigenous people that have cultivated these plants for hundreds of years. Because I, I do see splits when we have new people coming into the industry, which we need to grow and expand, but then there's a preciousness about where everything came from. And that can cause a lot of tension. How do we overcome this? Hmm, I, I could that could take that in so many directions. Um, which direction should we take this? <laughs> um, you know, we have to just remember that every single one of us stands on the shoulders of giants. We just do. And if and if we can keep ourselves humble through that, the cool thing about this industry is although I've been in it 12 years and I say I've watched it emerge. It's still emerging. It is really, there is so much room out here for every single person to come and self-actualize their own thoughts and ideas and inspiration and everything that they want to manifest. There is room for that. And at the same time that we're all working toward our own, um, the beautiful thing about this plant is that it, it, it cares for everyone. Like it does not discriminate. Everyone has an endocannabinoid system. People say cannabis is a gateway. And I say, you're absolutely right. Cannabis is a gateway to health and it will lead you to be able to unlock those doors, expand our awarenesses into other areas. And that is what our master teacher cannabis is here to do. The most important thing to do is to have a healthy respect and relationship with this plant, because once you do, it will encourage you to be more loving, kind and compassionate toward the people and humanity on this planet. And this plant 
can also help us to heal our planet as a whole. So um, I'll just take it in that direction and leave it there that I believe there's space for everyone. And this plant is very powerful in her teachings. When I first met uh, Lelania Dubois, she said that if you embrace the mother, she will imbue you with ideas to bring her forward that never existed before. And I've always carried that with me. And I think that it is a lot of the inspiration for women empowered in cannabis and some of the things that we're doing to elevate women. It's to me, it's what it has done is it has changed my life because it has changed the way that I look at the world. Just as you said, the mother doesn't discriminate. And so I really try to use that approach in life. How have you embraced the mother in a way that you feel that it has fundamentally changed you and given you ideas that you wouldn't have had before? What are some of the the ideas that it has brought to you beyond the things we've already Yeah, no, very interesting. And it's interesting that Lele calls her the mother because for me, I've actually utilized because I've sat in so many different ceremonies with other plant medicines that um, to me, cannabis is actually my sister. And, and she's my sister plant. She's my friend. She makes things fun and, you know, helps me explore the world in a better, more vast way. So uh, it's interesting that, that you, that you put it that way because um, my relationship with her is more of the sister plant. Um, and what was the question on that? I'm so sorry. Did I even answer it? <laughs> no, that's okay. I, I love that nugget. It's how, how has she, how has embracing your sister, how has working with your sister given you ideas that you never would have had before? What is that creative spark that she has inviting her in has blessed you with? Yeah. Like I said, I've had a relationship with this plant since I was 15. And so, you know, when I would hang out with my friends and try cannabis and this and that, it, it was something that I really, really enjoyed. And at the time I knew like innately that this was good for me, but it was something I had to keep secret from my parents. I had to keep it secret from, you know, my church groups. I had to keep it secret from people that would judge me. But yeah, this plant definitely expands my mind, helps me to focus. Um, I, I use cannabis some days more than others. I only use it when I feel uh, compelled to use to use it. And I use it however and whenever I want to. So um for the access part of having access and ability to do that, for that, I'm very, very grateful. What advice do you have for women in medicine who are looking to make the transition to cannabis? Get with the program, you know, I mean, none of us were taught about the endocannabinoid system in nursing school. It's just a fact. Um, And as soon as you learn about it, as soon as you get wrap your brain about what that means that this is the largest receptor signaling system in the human body responsible for homeostasis between all other 11 body systems, making the endocannabinoid system the 12th human body system. Once you wrap your brain around that and the complexity of it, uh, that's when you become an advocate because you say, why didn't I learn this? You know, I, I should have learned this. It would have made everything else make sense from the beginning. Um, and, and so I would just say to these nurses, look, our patients are using cannabis with or without our advice. Um, And the only thing that keeps a patient from disclosing their use or talking to us about it 
literally is what we as medical professionals, our level of knowledge, because if we know nothing, they're not going to talk to us about it. Um, if we're not exploring it, we're just not going to know. So really it's, it's a self-discovery when nurses come to me and they say, I am interested in cannabis nursing and I'm starting to learn about the endocannabinoid system. And I said, yeah, welcome, welcome to your cannabis nurse journey. Because from there, um, it, it just, you start to practice different. Your medical practice, your nursing practice begins to look more holistic, more complex, more robust. Once you are really looking at caring for and feeding and supporting another's human endocannabinoid system. So medical providers, you, the, 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 the train has left the station. You have got to get on board with this knowledge and education about the endocannabinoid system to begin to understand why patients are using cannabinoid therapeutics and so that you can give them some great value and empowerment in other ways that a patient can support their endocannabinoid system with or without the use of cannabis. Do you think that there will be a day in the near future, in the next five years, maybe even 10 years, where you go to the doctor and part of your checkup is your endocannabinoid system and they reach for a prescription or a recommendation for cannabis as part of a normal visit to the doctor, as part of your normal health care? Do you see that happening? You know, there was a day in time where I thought that that would be, you know, it used to be that way. Um, before 1935, it was, cannabis was legal over the counter <laughs> and in preparations, prescription, you know, prescribed preparations. It was par part of the pharmaco pharmacopoeia. So I would like to believe that cannabis would become more normalized, that there will be preparations of cannabinoids that will be available from medical providers and pharmacies, but that there will also be the ability for us to buy fresh cannabis leaves at the grocery store, that I can buy raw cannabis flowers at the grocery store, that I can buy dried flowers, you know, at, at the convenience store or whatever, you know, that, that it will become such a normalized piece of our existence that we are wearing, using, eating, breathing, you know, every bit of this plant in both the medical cannabis high THC form, as well as the lower THC hemp cannabis form. Fingers crossed. <laughs> what are you most excited about in 2021 in the cannabis industry? And what are you most concerned about? So as you alluded to earlier, Georgia just had their election and it looks like we're going to be 50-50 in the Senate this, this year. So I am excited to watch what's going to happen with some of that movement. Um, on a personal note, I'm really looking forward to expanding um, the reach of the Cannabis Nurses Network. And we are writing some legislative language for nursing protections. We are putting out some surveys to try to figure out what do nurses know, what don't they know, and what do they need to know, and how can we provide that to them. Um, as well as, you know, we're, I, I'm in California, we have some licenses, we're doing some build outs. So I'm very excited to use some of these concepts that I've had in my mind for a while 
uh, once the build outs are complete to be able to really uh, implement some cool projects and, and programs that I've wanted to do for quite some time. You know, 2020 was so hard because everything just got sort of shut down and there was a mass trauma and it was just really everyone trying to figure out, whoa, what do we do from here? And so for 2021, I am excited and looking forward to collaborating with as many amazing people as I can to move the mission of the cannabis industry and the message of this cannabis plant forward um, because we need it to be healthy. I mean, even with COVID, there was research that came out about CBD and COVID and how it could help to reduce the uh, response of the cytokine storm from the um, overreaction of the immune system to the virus. I mean, there's, there's so much that we still have yet to discover and so much that we still have yet to um, explore and, and share with others. So I want to do as much of that as I can this year in 2021. That is exciting. What do you have going on that where people can come see you speak? Are you doing any virtual events? And where do people reach out to you if they want to know more? If you would like to reach out to me, I uh, I can be found at the thecannabisnursesnetwork.com. I can be found on most of any of the socials, um, either canna at canna nurses network or um, Heather Manus. You can usually find me around um, or cannabis nurse Heather. So any of those areas uh, I can be found. I am doing several projects and uh, I've got a podcast, Good News with Nurse Heather, um, the Cannabis Nurses Network, cnnmembers.com. We're producing a lot of content and you'll see a lot of my face from last year and, and more coming up for <laughs> this year. And really, I just love working with all the nurses and being surrounded by so many incredible, uh, caring and compassionate humans that are uh, on in this mission to help empower nurses through education, opportunity, recognition and advocacy. And so that's that's where you can find me. Thank you so much, Heather, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. It's really been amazing getting to know you. Thank you, Kara. This has been a wonderful opportunity, and I'd love to have you come on my podcast as well. <laughs> I would love to. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our website, womenempoweredincannabis.com, and find your group, Supply Chain, CBD and Hemp, and the recently launched Women of Color group. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or are curious about taking the leap into the industry. Join us next week for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows.
Hey friends, I'm Brandon and I'm Saba and we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while, while we, we break, break it all down. down.